This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hello there, movie truthers. It's Michael Leader here once again with one of these remotely recorded Truth in Movies specials. As I teased in our previous episode all about Minari, we're back with these episodes looking at some of the big Oscar contenders of the year. Today I'm joined by David Jenkins. David. Hello. Always a pleasure. I can't believe it's been almost a year since we were in the same room together. (laughs) Has it really been that long? Yeah, we've had so many of these intimate conversations on mic. I was reminded last week by Hannah Woodhead that it's a year now since the dad pod. Oh my God, the dad pod. That was that was an all-timer. I still get emails about that. Like, where's, where's dad pod two? Well, exactly. Let's not go off topic too quickly, though. No. Let's, we've got a bigger fish to fry today. We're also joined by Layla Latif. Layla, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. Again, almost a year since we were last on the podcast together. Yeah, um, I can't believe, um, I both can't believe it, and also it does feel like I've been sat in this exact room for a year now. So uh, so hopefully not too, too much longer. We'll mm-hmm. be in each other's presence again. We'll have exactly. to record the next one in a in a pub beer garden, or you know, an an alfresco dining experience, or something like that. Or maybe like the front row of a music festival, or something. Yeah. As, as as many people around us as we can we can get. <laughs> but before we can really start with the new year and put twenty twenty to bed, we need to talk about some of the big films from twenty twenty, which are still slowly coming out in cinemas, on streaming platforms in the UK during this sort of long, protracted awards season in the run-up to a late Oscars. So today we're going to be dedicating the podcast to one of the sort of breakout stars, I'd say, of awards season this year, writer, director, editor Chloe Zhao with her film Nomadland, which is, I believe, on Disney Plus at the end of April. But to mark that occasion, Mubi have dug out her debut film songs my brothers taught me that are com- that's coming to movie on the 9th of april so we're going to cover both of them where she started and where she's ended up like that meme right how it started how it's going <laughs> this is the podcast form of that <laughs> and also we can look ahead to maybe what she's doing next as well because we know she's already shot the big Marvel movie, Eternals, that's due out at the end of 2021. And I think there was some ridiculous quote from a Marvel exec saying, we just couldn't believe what we saw that she'd shot. It's going to burn your eyeballs out of your skull, or whatever they said, some sort of hyperbole like that. Well, yeah, I saw the photo of Kamel Nanjani post his uh, kind of bulking up, and that did burn my eyeballs out of my skull, so achieved (laughs) the things that Chloe Zhao has given us (laughs) anyway let's kick off with Chloe Zhao's first film Songs My Brothers Taught Me so Songs My Brothers Taught Me released in 2015 is a coming-of-age story set against the stark beauty of South Dakota's Pine Ridge Reservation the film focuses on teenager Johnny and his younger sister Jashawn, two Lakota Sioux siblings whose bond is tested after the sudden death of their absent cowboy father. With an older brother in jail and living with their distant single mother, the pair spend the days navigating the harsh terrain of their small town, where 
where opportunity is scarce and poverty, alcoholism and violence is rife. When the chance of a new life in LA arises, Johnny is faced with the difficult choice of leaving Jashawn behind forever. Let's hear a clip from the trailer. I want to see what's out there. Go travel all over, see things. My brother Johnny is moving away with his girlfriend. I don't understand why everyone's always leaving. <laughs> Did you hear about Dad? Yeah. If there was one thing that you could have said to him before he died, what would it, it had been? Probably would have made him stay here instead of heading out. I'm trying to do it on here, Johnny boy. Johnny, I'll see you tomorrow. Johnny. Just don't make God another man that you abandoned your children for. I grew up with you. That was a clip from the trailer for Songs My Brothers Taught Me. So I guess a bit of basic background info on Chloe Zhao. She's born in Beijing, China, but studied over in the States. She studied at the prestigious Tisch School of the Arts in New York. She studied under Spike Lee. She lists among her influences Wong Kar Wai, Terence Malick, Herzog, Ang Lee. Lots of big names being dropped here. So David, this is her first film and maybe going back now, having seen where she ends up with something like Nomadland and her film The Rider, her second one, she almost is arriving fully formed with this film in terms of her style, right? Well, that's a somewhat leading question, Michael, but I, <laughs> I, I would I would actually agree with you on that front. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I didn't really know much about this, this one uh, until... Um, I knew it. I knew it existed, and actually, it, it had been sitting on YouTube for quite a long time, and obviously has been sort of taken down off there for so it can be kind of passed through official channels. So, I think the opportunity to to watch it has been has been there if if, if for those who w- wanted to uh, wanted to see it. Um, but yeah, no, it's a really impressive film. Like, um, I think the 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 thing that you that you get from her from this this film is her sense of um working with actors working with non-actors sculpting dialogue building scenes out of kind of very very little um just capturing like small nuances and very very kind of subtle emotions um yeah it's it and also it's got a kind of I guess you'd sort of describe it as a sort of ethnographic feel as well in that you're kind of looking at a community and you're 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 kind of by by showing showing the uh the characters lives um showing what they're doing I mean Johnny Johnny has this kind of sideline business of selling um uh, alcohol uh, like kind of bootlegged alcohol because they're I, um it it seems it's it, I think it's banned on on their on their reservation so um there is this kind of like political undertow to the whole film where you've got like a lot of the sort of deprivation and a lot of the squalor is actually the result of people basically kind of becoming alcoholics because, because it's, you know, because it's been banned because it is this kind of illicit illegal thing that maybe brings a new allure to it. Um, so yeah, you, you, you definitely have that kind of, you know, it's, it's a kind of political film without kind of, uh, 
push uh, sort of smushing your face in it uh maybe something else you know we in in a similar way to nomad land which we can maybe come come to later but yeah no i i i, I it really is a kind of remarkable remarkably impressive debut in terms of the kind of the scope and the, and the finesse of it i mean maybe the story or where 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 we kind of see this see this kind of character who faces all these dilemmas and then by the end he has this chance for escape and he has to kind of choose between family community and freedom and this potential for a new life maybe getting to that point maybe felt it, it felt a little kind of simplistic and like conventional way to go but um but I think there's so much kind of interesting nuance and texture and 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 the performances are, are so kind of subtle that actually you kind of you'd be willing to give it a bit of a bit you know you, you, a bit of leverage leeway in terms of uh, it, it not feeling too it's not it's not a it's not ha- a hacky thing it's a mm-hmm. it's quite it's done sort of in a quite nice subtle way but yeah what what hit me so strongly about watching this film after seeing Nomadland of course maybe many listeners saw Claude Zhao's second film The Rider which was a film that premiered at Cannes in director's fortnight and really sort of for many people was the entry point into her work so much of her creative DNA is here and it's that sense of marginalized communities in this case these um communities living on the reservation Nomadland moves away from that a little bit, perhaps, but also use of non-actors, the sense of these characters within a landscape that is beautiful and overwhelming, but can almost be agoraphobically overwhelming as well. So it's all playing in then in the sense of almost a docudrama feel as well, where what's playing out in Before Your Eyes is so organic but also there is this narrative, this plot, as you just, as you described, David. So it's, all these key things are still there. Leila, how did Songs by Rhythms Taught Me hit for you? Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. I mean, I think like many people who listen to this, like it was Nomadland was my entry point, And then I've gone back to see her earlier work. Um, I mean, the Terence Malick influence is very obvious there, that kind of like, beautiful American plains at twilight and like the soft sunlight through like long grass. It's absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, she's got a huge amount of empathy for all of her subjects. And I imagine like there's a lot of trust that they're putting into her too, because, you know, a lot of these people are tapping into in all three films um, into like really difficult moments in their lives and having to kind of recreate them and, them on again for the screen I mean I think particularly in the rider that struck me um where um you know you've got a person the subject of the film has had like this horrific accident um and he's also had a friend who's had a similar even worse accident and their recovery is just heartbreaking to watch but you know this is also their real lives they're not putting it on for the film and imagine to sort of create an arc about yourself must be like very intense and difficult but she manages to sort of I don't know it's, I, mean, I just feel like it's acting with a small a like they are just sort of inhibiting their own lives even though it is a recreation it isn't exactly how events pulled out so yeah it's an interesting thing this kind of line between documentary and drama isn't it it's all it makes me think of you know Ken Loach although with mm. the political aspect maybe buried a couple of layers deeper rather than being so front and center but the idea of taking people who are very close closely playing their lives taking such an empathetic inspiration from the the world around them the thing that strikes me about her films is that sense that the landscape she's often filming which are beautiful as you say Layla every film she's made has had an absolutely knockout few shots or scenes where you just can't imagine how she captured them but they're landscapes we often associate with old films, 1940s, 50s, 60s, westerns. It's not something we're so used to seeing on screen, particularly um, in the sort of independent American tradition. So there's an almost post-apocalyptic quality to them, not to sort of cheapen the political edge, because it's almost as if America, as we know it from the sort of urban America, has moved on and these um, these communities are have been left by the wayside there's something quite haunting there about 
these films, particularly I, I feel with Songs of Everything Taught Me and Nomadland. No, but I know what you mean about like forgotten people, right? Because that's this actually like a huge re- rhetoric that we've heard from like particularly like the right wing in America about like, oh, that, you know, oh, people only care about these like coastal elites and within like these heartlands that there are these forgotten people. And like for all the, you know, politicians might use that in a very disingenuous way like I did feel that like there was something that they're tapping into there like I truly believe that like these like communities and these reservations or these kind of I know how you're describing these like geriatric nomad workers are just forgotten by society and like the beauty of Chloe Zhao is like going in and sort of creating a poetry about their lives that makes sense well yeah it's it's a we can get to this I think with Nomadland and we, we can talk about this, about our responses to these films. Mm. I sometimes find that poetry often rubs up sometimes against the more literal aspect of turning this into a narrative, turning it mm. into a, a plot. And David, you mentioned this about this film, so maybe we can talk a bit more about that specifically. But it is the great empathy that strikes for me. So Songs by Brothers Taught Me, we talk about this central brother-sister pairing at the heart of the plot. But one of the things that is revealed when they go to the funeral of their dad is that he had 20 odd kids to many various partners and so throughout the rest of the film these other siblings keep popping up and it's their relationships with them where they clearly are bound by quite deep links by blood but their relationships are are, are quite you know minor or fleeting but it's how they respond to each other there's a beautiful scene where um johnny meets with one of his half brothers and they share a jalapeno popper in a in a diner and that brother has seen something a restlessness a conflict within johnny you know from the off and he's wants to give him a a hand and it's so touching and moving in that moment because there is at the heart of this film almost bruce springsteen lyric type want to get out of this place get to the big city kind of feeling um but David, you said that the plot stuff was where the, that was where it started to lose you. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I think it's a very minor, um, you know, minor quibble because I because I because I I almost don't think that plot in in, in the same way. I, I think pr- pr- pretty much in the same way as of, of the rider and Nomad Land. I don't think the kind of three act plot is very central to 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 Chloe Zhao's concerns really. I think she ha- she 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 she's really great at kind of developing a kind of emotional arc, I guess, like a, 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 a taking you taking you to a place and watching a watching a character develop. And I think I think that her films are more kind of character studies than they are, you know, narratives. Uh, prob- probably songs my brother's taught me is the, is like has the sort of the 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 softest narrative so when you do have that kind of you know the the the, the dilemma aspect at the end is less less of a less trouble you know less less troubling or let you know it doesn't seem as egregious as it might do a, a film that had kind of placed all its chips on kind of leading you to that moment but i mean i think i want to come back to the point you said actually about um about this idea of yeah, like the po- the sort of apocalyptic aspect, and 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 also you, the Layla, what you mentioned about the forgotten people. I think that like her her films certainly have this this they tap into this idea of like of um, of tradition and uh, and people who are kind of who have lived their lives in a certain way and maybe don't have the kind of inclination or desire to change them. They kind of it's not it's less of a case of being stuck in their ways. And more, uh, and more wanting to sort of like more, just, just more it being ingrained it within them. And I think that this idea of like um, the, the 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 lure of rodeo riding in in both this and the rider as something as a rite of passage, as something that as a man, as a as as a, as a hot blooded male, you have to do to prove to prove your worth and to uh, and you know as as we as we see in the rider. It, you know it doesn't it often doesn't end very well and you know it, a lot of her films do remind me of like i think less of the kind of you know 40s westerns that are a bit more kind of like the sort of the the, the john fords and the 
and and uh, and the Howard Hawkses and, and and whatnot. And I think more of the kind of like slightly later fifties and sixties westerns that are a bit more laconic and like um, it's not really a western, but like that maybe like the kind of Sam Peckinpah films and also also there's one. Um, a Nicholas Ray film called The Lusty Men. I don't know if either of you have uh, partaken, but it's ri- it's I think I, I'm, I, I would love to, I'd love one day to talk to to find out if Zoe, Chloe Zhao has seen it. I, I, I'm she I'm sure she must have because it is like probably the greatest rodeo riding film, and it is basically about this guy who just cannot give up rodeo riding mm. d- despite like pl- um, despite the fact that. Um, he he's basically going to die if he does it again <laughs> and uh and and he and and he kind of like is able to to sort of stick in that world by taking on a a protege and uh and it's very and and it's kind of like yeah in a similar way it's very laconic set against these kind of dusky backdrops and you can see like that these men are in this world like trapped in this very small world as kind of progress is kind of happening around them and and people are kind of moving on from this kind of you know basically this this very sort of machismo death sport world so mm-hmm. and and yeah it seems i mean not in songs in some of the brothers taught me not just a literal thing that he is is doing that but all the male characters in the film i mean the very idea that the father has you know numerous partners and numerous offspring from different women is again feeds into that it almost feeds into a kind of biblical notion you know like something that's very kind of antiquated like what well, now but actually is you know a lot many would see as being part of a kind of a tradition so um yeah that's i think that i think that that is that is the thing about her films that you, you see you see re- uh, really vividly in this first film that mm-hmm. I, I really like the most i think Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. But there's also some key sort of conflicts and dichotomies that may sound trite, as as I describe them now, but in the in play, in the films, come across as so profound. The conflict between these wide open planes, but such narrow opportunities. The yeah. conflict between the hardness of masculinity, but also a softness as well There's within the rider, which we should, which we'll gloss over a little bit because um, the, these two films being shown in the UK for the first time, but the rider really is worth a look as well. The he is a rodeo rider uh, who's who's su- suffered a, an injury and can't do this, you know, can't can't perform again. However, there are se- sequences where he's starting to break horses and connect with horses and beautifully sensitive sequences in the middle of the film where I would happily watch a four hour cut of just him making friends with a horse. Uh, this guy, Brady Jandro, who's sort of playing himself and his family are playing themselves and nearly the entire cast of that are non-actors too. There are these moments within all these films of just sort of 
of, of sensitivity, which are yeah. really worth reveling in. I think it really speaks to what animals often do for people, um, that, you know, sometimes when you kind of cannot quite form, I mean, this is going to sound dismissive, but like when you cannot quite form functional relationships with people of your own species, but like that you can actually just, the act of like caring for someone, even if they aren't a person, you know, be it like a horse or, you know, a small bird or whatever it is. It's just like the act of like having a simple relationship of care and affection is necessary for someone like that. But I really like the ideas in both the writer and uh, so, um, songs my brother taught me of like this kind of crisis of identity for the native population. So they're not people, they're not a group of people that we've had a lot of modern portrayals of. And I, I mean, I don't know, but my assumption is uh, with Chloe Zhao that that was a kind of hugely researched and um, she really like immersed herself in that community. And recently there's been so much coming out about like the death rates with the virus uptake rates and all of the problems that they're having in those reservations and kind of a portal into that world with all of its kind of problems, both smaller and large, was really very moving right now. At the time, I didn't know. I'd witnessed something extraordinary. My Octopus Teacher is an Academy Award and BAFTA nominee for Best Documentary. When you have that connection with an animal, there's no greater feeling on Earth. Variety magazine calls it gorgeous, an underwater spectacular. The boundaries between her and I seem to dissolve just the pure magnificence of her. My Octopus Teacher, only on Netflix. Before we wrap up on Songs My Brothers Taught Me, let's use The Rider as a bit of a bridge between these two films because it was, for many, the first taste of closure. David, I remember we were in Cannes that year in the the equivalent of the Little White Lies flats uh, that summer. I will say, I won't name them, but there is a, a colleague of ours who'd seen The Rider in advance and told me that I could easily skip it. Little did we know that it would become one of the most talked about films of the festival and it was a real win for directors Fortnite that that parallel selection having it as one of their films and then it just grew and grew all the way through to the sort of independent spirits at the end of that year. Um, what, what was it like sitting down to watch The Rider? Oh, I, I, I've, I'm ashamed to say that I'm in a similar boat as you. Um, oh, really? I, I didn't see it in Cannes either. <laughs> I must have I must have taken the advice of that of the same person. But I mean, that's that's as as people who listen to this podcast regularly will know. We do like to wang on about films that we missed in Cannes. So here's an, here's another one for the pile. Um, but yeah, I, I I actually didn't see it till like um, till I went to a press screening in London. So I, t- I still you know I still had the the full on cinema experience, which is you know a nice a nice thing to have. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, I, I, I yeah, I, I was, I was really impressed with the film. Um, again, I, I think that my, um, yeah, it's a weird thing. I think I've, I've maybe got a little bit of a, a problem with when, 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 she, when, when she's trying to do, do plot, or where she's trying to sort of like bring things to a head or create a kind of moment, really, really kind of engineer a, a drama. Whereas, like, I, I totally agree with you. I think the sequences of him just breaking horses in the middle of the film are just kind of pure poetry and, like, do do so much heavy lifting in terms of what the film is about and and channel so much sort of sensitivity. And uh, I... You know, it, it's actually been like I haven't I haven't actually seen it since that since since like, mm. since it came out of the cinema. So I can't the, the the details are a little bit a bit hazy, but yeah, I mean, again, it kind of comes to a, a point where a, you know a, a, a dilemma is is on the table and a and a choice needs to be made, and you kind of you kind of know which way things are going to go. Um, but but yeah, I I think that this was the you know the I, the, the the I remember what one of the th- talking points around this film was um and and one of the things that that chloe Zhao was kind of earmarked for early on was her you know the fact that wow 
this she's made this film with with non-professional actors mm. you know it's people people playing versions of themselves and people people kind of emulating their real life stories and it's interesting because it was like i i think that i've reading about it it was only ever praised it was only ever thought of as a kind of you know this this is a remarkable thing to do you know this is to 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 kind of end in, in i don't want to use the word infiltrate but like what what's a softer what's a softer word for infiltrate it's like embed yourself embed yeah that's it mm. you know she's she's kind of embedded herself in this community and and like that i think there there are there are there are a fair few directors who you know who who do that like one of my all time faves is the this portuguese director called pedro costa who he does a very similar thing in that he you know he will go and live in a in a community for months and months and months before he even picks up a camera and he will basically kind of befriend the the, the people who are going to be in his film and find out about their lives and try and make it about you know basically his his aim is i want this to be about you and i want it to feel authentic so and i can't do that if i don't know you so it feels like chloe Zhao is doing similar things in you know you 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 kind of imagine in hollywood you'd get people like rocking up you know and be, and being like you know it's it's almost like the kind of the the very different example but everything comes back to the simpsons but it's like the radioactive man film where they just kind of rock up in springfield and wanting to cast the locals and it all goes wrong because you because you just can't do that you know even even mm-hmm. even in a in a in a comedy cartoon but like you, you know you get with everything she's done so far including you know all all, all three films you, you you know you you get the sense that she has done she's done the the the, the groundwork you know she's mm-hmm. she's uh, she's earned she she she's earned the the right to tell those stories mm, yeah authenticity seems to appear in pretty much everything that's been written about her that like everything feels very real very authentic very researched very lived in um but sorry i kind of can't get on to my next point until we uh get to nomadland but once we get there i will continue that thought i think it is worth moving on to nomadland before we do do we want to put scores on songs my brothers taught me it's technically a new release to us even though it's kind of a film club pick an old film uh so this would be in anticipation enjoyment in retrospect and layla i'll come to you first Probably go with a four in anticipation. Enjoyment, it's probably a three. It's probably my least favourite of the three, even though I did have a lot to recommend it. And then in retrospect, I give it a four because I just think it's so remarkable that you kind of emerge so like fully formed with a vision of the filmmaker and a style and a and like this feels incredibly complex and and like it has a real um beauty and poetry and distinct Chloe Zowness to it so yeah in retrospect for David I probably do exactly the same yeah I mean in uh, anticipation you know obviously we have the kind of the gift of hindsight and Mm. her her you know various awards and festival wins and everything so wanting to see you know wanting to return to the scene of the crime is obviously very intriguing prospect um I thought, yeah, I, I kind of like, I, I watching the film. I thought it was kind of remarkable on a on a kind of scene by scene basis. Whether it all kind of coalesced was me, le, less so, uh, and then and, and then yeah, maybe maybe pretending that I, that we don't know about what she's about to do. If I was if I was if I was pretend whisking myself back to that time and pretending that the the rider and nomadland didn't exist i probably would say i was ex- would be very excited to see what she do- did next cuz um cuz i mean the rider is 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 very similar to it, it feels like the rider was a kind of almost not remake but like a kind of refit yeah same community same, same community similar sim- similar sort of set setting similar main character um, I mean, we we don't necessarily need to 
pick favourites. I mean, the great thing is that she's got such a small filmography. They're all about similar length, about an hour 40, an hour 50. So it's not like there's a huge draw on your time. Well, the writer is my favourite, even though I don't have to pick. (laughs) It is is mine too. But, uh, you know, if if you have a movie subscription, I'd recommend checking out Songs Over the Storm because that's my my thing. If there's a filmmaker that's an exciting filmmaker who has a debut that was never released in the UK, Mm. I I can't wait to to get my hands on that. We had that recently with Dead Pigs for Kathy Yan. Mm And uh, it's great that movie you found this one as well. I, I hope for more to come. I'd love to see more Lee Isaac Chung movies after seeing Minari and talking about that last week. Well, so I'd, I'd probably give it four, three, four, two. You know, but uh, but um, but definitely check it out. I think. They're, 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 on that note, I think there is some Lee Isaac Chung early work on YouTube at the moment. So you know, you can. I'm sure. It, my... I'm sure it'll be snapped up, snapped <laughs> off soon, and there'll right. be it'll be box setted before before sundown. <laughs> well if he wins best picture etc i'm sure so let's get on to the big events the big new release now pump, bumped up from a fox searchlight release to a searchlight released by disney of all people premiering on the disney plus platform at the end of the month let's talk about nomadland Following the economic collapse of a company town in rural Nevada, Fern, played by Frances McDormand, packs her van and sets off on the road exploring a life outside of conventional society as a modern-day nomad. This third feature, from Chloe Zhao, features real nomads Linda May, Swanky and Bob Wells as Fern's mentors and comrades in her exploration through the vast landscape of the American West. one of those lucky people that can travel anywhere. Yes, ma'am, I know. And they sometimes call you nomads. My mom says that you're homeless. Is that true? No, I'm not homeless. I'm just houseless. Not the same thing, right? No. My husband worked at the USG mine in Empire. I was a substitute teacher. It is a tough time right now. You may want to consider early retirement. I need work. I like work. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to Badland Spa. What the nomads are doing is not that different than what the pioneers did. I think Fern's part of an American tradition. Oh, he's going to come right through the glass. My dad used to say, what's remembered lives. I maybe spent too much of my life just remembering. One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here. And I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart. I'll see you again. So that was a clip from Nomadland. So David, one massive thing straight up front is we have an Oscar winner in a protagonist role here. <laughs> Frances McDormand. That is not she's not a local rodeo rider that Chloe Zhao has picked out of obscurity. What does that how, what difference does that make? Well, I mean it's it, it's an interesting interesting one. I mean yeah, like this obviously this is the sort of the the big mix up for, from her for, from the big kind of difference between this and her her previous films, I mean like it's I I would say when I when I first saw saw the film, like maybe maybe it's a, a case of my own instincts or my own curiosity, not 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 living not not being up to up to scratch, but like it wasn't it wasn't something that kind of re- necessarily registered with me or. You know, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't sort of like feel that there was this kind of discrepancy or there was this kind of chasm between, between here are these people and here are these people. Um, I mean, it kind of, it's, it's, I mean, the choice is, you know, I think it's been a, a fairly, 
I mean, I think people like to sort of discuss these things and people have opinions about them and some people think it's a good idea, some people don't think it's a good idea and everyone has their their reasons. And uh, <coughs> I think that for, for me, that this idea of like having the, 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 the big Hollywood star in, you know, basically doing what Chloe Zhao does in the making of her films, which is embedding into these communities. You know, she, you know, Frances McDormand is basically doing the research as she is doing the role. Um, it it kind of like goes back to like, I just, you know, it's a tradition that kind of goes back to cinema's earliest days. I mean, like, you know, so I think that, that, that there was a mix of like stars and and real people in like, you know, even in your kind of Soviet silent films. And I mean, you know, you, you, but you had big stuff, like even like Italian neorealism, which of which this feels like it kind of is a, is maybe more of a sort of pointed um, hark, hark back to maybe more, more so than the Westerns. This feels like a kind of neorealist film. Um but that, yeah, again, that 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 is that was a very much a case of like using using the kind of the apparatus, the iconography, the star power of of of, of film of cinema, and melding it with with reality and with the downtrodden, with with you know dealing with class, dealing with dis- class discrepancy. Tell you know, it's almost like kind of like Trojan horse aspect of you know. We, we, we're going in and, and we're going to bring this story out with us kind of thing um and 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 i i guess that's my that's my take on it that's my that's a very even-handed historical bird's eye view kind of look at it but that that has been a debate around the ethics of this film not not least having a, a, a lead protagonist embedded in the the communities unlike the previous two where it was very much rising out of the communities and also some other aspects of the film as well uh, Layla what's your take on all this is this what you were alluding to literally minutes ago <laughs> yeah um yeah so I um was doing a bit of a deep dive into the kind of source material of this so uh 2014 uh, a journalist called Jessica Bruder writes this piece that's all about um and it's just after the recession that came out of Bush, and but during the Obama years, all about this kind of generation of people that simply don't have the money to retire, and it's these kind of like white working class who well are going to have to continue working on until their eighties. And the main subject of that article is Linda May, who's one of the big people in this film, who is uh, just she's just wonderful. I mean, she should have been an actress her entire life, but uh, she's kind of worked in factories and as a cocktail waitress and she gets to retirement age and she kind of her social security is about $500 a month which you can't live on Um, and then after the success of that article Jessica Bruder wrote a book which came out in 2017 called Nomadland which is she spent three years living with them and living with the people that we see in this film so living with Swanky living with Bob Wells living with uh, Linda May and Linda May is really actually the central figure in that film so to me, that's, there are certain issues that I have with the adaptation, having read the book, but like Francis as France, uh, sorry, Fern as Francis McDormand kind of makes sense because she's almost fulfilling that Jessica Bruder, like semi outsider role of like, she's there and she's living it, but more so than the other people, she sort of has a choice. And I think like the film likes to reiterate a few times to us that like Fern does have like choices that have led her to this and she does have other options available to her and safety nets and stuff which you know none of the rest of them do but um I mean I really love this film and I think it's a beautiful piece of filmmaking and I'm very glad that Chloe Zhao is the first woman of color to be nominated for an Oscar but reading the source material my issue was that Amazon in the book versus Amazon in the film (laughs) is a really stark difference. And like the way that they describe it in the book is like truly like horrifying that these very elderly people getting like horrific injuries, having to be walk walk 20 miles a day for, you know, getting paid somewhere between eight and $11 um, an hour. And I just really felt that in the book, it's like fundamentally a story of poverty and this film is using this kind of 
mechanisms of that poverty to make a film about grief, mm. which is fine, but I sort of wish that there hadn't been a sort of betrayal of like the Amazon experience. Cause like in retrospect, that feels a little bit weird to me that like, Oh, okay, we're going to use these people's story, but then we're also going to kind of like sugarcoat one of the systems that is like taking advantage of them. If that makes sense. I'm really glad you brought that up because whether you see it as a positive or negative, I think Nomadland and that topic in particular brings into sharp relief some of the things we've talked about already. Like she is definitely a social realist filmmaker in the sense of she's respectful of these communities, wants to embed herself and be sensitive and portray them. But the political aspect is often buried a couple of layers below and often by the end of the film, is that's where a character study narrative plot element often overshadows yeah. Anything, any 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 greater points and i do understand like as an artist that you do mm. kind of want to maybe depoliticize something like that a bit because you're fundamentally making a story about fern and not about kind of the economic failures of the obama administration but um yeah i mean it's it's i mean i wouldn't say it's a betrayal because that's a bit harsh but it does feel a little bit um tricky to kind of reconcile those things and it can be very easy to watch a film like this i realize we're going quite deep on the political aspects i think we can pull Mm -hmm. out of this uh, this slipstream in a second but it's very easy to watch this film admittedly you do mention linda may who is very much that itinerant worker going between factories and seasonal work and Mm -hmm. that's the life that that fern is living francis mcdormand along for the ride as fern but there are other characters like Swanky or Bob Wells, who's this sort of nomad guru with a YouTube channel yeah. that we see in these kind of beautiful sequences where they're all sharing their their experiences. Some of them are definitely not working class. Some of them worked in the city, worked in finance. They had a boat, you know, then that, that this is what they decide to do with their retirement instead. Mm. It can almost take on a sort of classless quality become for me almost like this poetic evocation of this is the last gasp of a post-hippie generation it, it, it almost see this some of the scenes in this could could almost be like 50 years on from uh, easy rider the out in the sticks trying to forge a new community and society outside of uh, you know the american mainstream so that you can almost ha- this can end up being almost like an apolitical movie in that way which mm-hmm. when you see a big wide establishing shot of an amazon factory with i think the line is being amazon are okay yeah. <laughs> as a description and the money of, of is great money. that's the word that really like oh ooh, god it has it 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 rattled people but that is only like one aspect of this film sure so david can bring us up to other aspects that are going at play here that that may be a bit different from the political aspects right oh i wanted to talk about the political aspects oh go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no no i just i I mean, I think it's. A, I do think it's a really interesting case study, almost because it's. I you know, as you, I, I I agree with you. It's like I, I I agree with you, and I don't agree with you. I think a lot of people have have said that it is deep depoliticized. It's has this has the kind of political element, element muffled. People are asking questions like, why are there no like, you know, rabbit? You know, what? Wh- why is this not showing? You know, depicting the rise of Trump. Why is this not? Mm showing you know this aspect or that that aspect and very much kind of like why isn't this why isn't this the film that i want it to be you know like yeah. um and and i and i think that like that there is that trap of like you know we have to whether we agree with it or don't agree with it we have to like l- look at the film that has been made um I, yeah i i mean it, it the more i read about the initially i think with the amazon stuff i was kind of like oh it's you know it's just a kind of you know almost a sort kind of vignette and you don't necessarily you're not there long enough to see anything too bad and actually it's not like you wouldn't describe it as like you know the the the, the maybe the sort of political jabs that she does make are ones where she is kind of you know there's a there's a sort of subtlety to them you know like the, there's a long pan across like you know, rows and rows and rows of like, pro, you know, pr- these these kind of processing stations that are just kind of never ending, um, and and you know, like the the it, it, everything is very very kind of like 
there, there is a kind of yeah as you say it's like post post-apocalyptic it's kind of like huge big air, you know unfriendly soulless air where airhouse um like airport hangar style digs and like you know it's very very kind of de- you know it's dehumanizing but she's not necessarily like pushing that stuff in front of mm. you and like i haven't read the book so i, I but I, I do understand you know a lot of a lot i've read a lot of articles being written about like i mean you know it's maybe it may be a bad time for the film because amazon's kind of personnel and hr are coming under such like hot scrutiny at the moment you know them not allowing people to like you know use the bathroom <laughs> Uh, mm. And it, it, you know, it's very you know, it's 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 it, it looks less good for for Nomadland to suddenly have this kind of like, you know, and let's say ambiguous sex segment of 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 uh, of, uh, of trip into Amazon or two trips into Amazon, I guess. Mm. And then, but but yeah, no, it's I I find I find other otherwise I find like I just find that it's not. You know, I like I I appreciate the fact that it's not didactic, and that it's not just it's not kind of just basically kind of rehashing the headlines, trying to be trying to sort of be be relevant to a to a very specific moment, and trying to actually be a bit more kind of timeless and talk about these kind of bigger bigger themes and and like um you know it's it the, these are just the choices of like what we see the you know these are the moments that that make it into the film and 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 you know i i i i think that like f- those choices actually make the 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 political aspect of the i mean it's almost like that they're there for you to see but the dots the dots haven't been joined like you 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 can make assumptions on the material you can you can look at how things might have led to other things or how characters might you know that how their path might might end up bob wells might end up being like rampant trump <laughs> trump like n- nut job you know like but how dare you <laughs> I, I don't you know i don't believe he is but but still i mean you know you 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 you, you, you kind of like it's interesting that it has you know it, it's empathizing with everyone you know like it's try it's trying to sort of say that everyone is is worthy of empathy and uh and I think just by suddenly having some like off offhand the thing or some some sort of political reference, you you, you change the, the the chemistry of the film. You know, you you make it into something else. You make it into a partisan thing. You make it into a critique, and it, and it's just like I just don't think that's what she wanted to do. You know, like that's mm. and 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 you know that I'm not saying that that's necessarily like a good or bad thing. I'm just saying that like. I think I appreciate it for for taking the the road less traveled in in term you know no pun intended or in terms of like the of, of trying to actually muffle the kind of screaming in your face you know this this is uh this is what I believe you know is that you hinting at hillbilly elegy <laughs> maybe well it's, that's really interesting you bring that up because that you know that's that's the exact you know that 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 is I think that they are worthy of, of comparison because like, <laughs> but because he'll be, he'll be, does everything wrong that, that, that I think Nomadland does right. Yeah. And in the, it is kind of, it is trying to, to, um, it's taking the temperature of a community. It is mm-hmm. trying to work out how this, these people did this thing or, you know, lo- looking at, we, looking at behavior, looking at social makeup and this, and, 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 it's so clunky and it's so like you know eye rolly and so so wrong headed and you watch you watch this and it's like you don't have to kind of force that stuff you know you don't have to kind of you don't have to drag it out it's it it can just be there if you let it you know what what I'd like to see is a sort of hacky funny or die sketch which is you know how they would do what if Wes Anderson did a superhero movie. I'd like to see um, Chloe Zhao's "Sorry We Missed You," which is sort of you know what what you're saying there is like you know it's the antithesis of a Ken Loach shouting in your face, and he just did that with you know the the gig economy and delivery drivers and the horrible situation therein. Um, he does not believe that everyone deserves empathy. I'd I'd love to see what uh, what, what the spoof version of that. L- is. Last little thing, I would say that I, I'm I'm really fascinated by what Layla said about you know how this question of is she parlaying 
or or or, 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 or trying to sort of dampen certain aspects to 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 be able to tell a film you know to make make a film about grief mm. and i would I, you know that for me is like that's a fascinating question and i think at the end of the day i think that this the film raises loads of really fascinating ethical questions which i don't think necessarily have like finite answers that but that are going to turn some people on are going to turn some people off but like i think it just it just throws up so much interesting like it just throws up so many questions and i think that mm-hmm. for yeah. me is it is a kind of inherently makes it a good film if you're que- if you're questioning how a film has been made and the choices yeah. that a director has made that is that that can only ever be a good thing and so many of her, i mean so much of all three of these films come down to grief and mourning like a, that seems to be like a big theme that she keeps referring to and like in each one of these films there's a sort of like there's something lost that someone that the characters are dealing with and yeah but I I just think like I mean I really would suggest reading the book and even if you can't manage the book like the article by um Mm. it by Jessica Bruder is still up but um it is like it really does feel like a marriage made in heaven with these styles because as much as Chloe Zhao makes these films that feel like documentaries, Jessica Bruder has written a book that feels like a novel. Like she gets so kind of close and ingrained in her subjects that it does feel that she must be writing about kind of people that she's invented. And you kind of get to have another layer of Bob Wells and Linda May and Swanky, who is my favorite. <laughs> like, and they're, they're fascinating, wonderful people. And it's really nice that they're kind of getting a moment in the sun because they've really been quite like forgotten by their wider society and community. It sounds like that is what I should go away and do, is read the Nomadland book. Because for me, there's a tension between what I see as three competing projects here, which is the poetic level of the the, the visual poetry, as we've discussed in the previous films, is here in full effect. So much of these shots of lone figures across landscapes that are both beautiful and forbidding. But then also what could be pitched as Francis's road trip across America, where you're watching sequences where it is almost documentary sequences of Francis McDormand as Fern, but the Fern character in this, you know, the, the 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 balance between the two is unclear. Where I'd love to watch Francis McDormand just hanging out with people, the 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 fact entertainment pitch based off the back of this, mm-hmm. I think, could be quite strong. And then this romantic drama that kicks in, and there's nothing that signals that more than after watching Francis McDormand with non-actors for a mm-hmm. chunk of time. You then see David Strathairn, Oscar nominee David Strathairn, wander onto screen. And you're like, oh, here's our other character for the rest of the film or f- for an- another chunk of the film. And I'm being very cynical there. Mm-hmm. But on second view, it's the, the tension between those three bits where I think the documentary aspect, the visual poetry aspect are just off the charts for me. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm it's glad that. I read the book second, I must say. I mm. think it would have been quite hard to come to it if I had like formed ideas of who these people were in my head. But I wonder, David, you said that it's the plotting aspect of some of her earlier films that is where you fell down. Is that resolved here when it becomes this character study, this relationship study in the back half, back third, maybe? Yeah, I I, I, di- I definitely didn't feel like... I, it, it definitely, for me, felt more organic in this one. This, this, def- this for me, is, is like... For, I felt it was like the most fully formed of her films and, and that didn't... That, that avoided that kind of coming you know i thought the end it kind of it kept a similar momentum throughout the film i i thought um she has these little kind of stop-offs at her you know she goes and visits her sister and then she goes to sort of david strathairn's son's house for a little stay and she has that kind of the dilemma this is the thing the dilemma aspect of whether she should settle down and you know move on is is it happens earlier in the film, so it, it it's not been used as this kind of cl- like climactic thing, mm-hmm. and 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 then you have this kind of almost sort of co- like very mournful coda, where she returns to this this sort of old mining town. Again, it's like you know, mourning mourning the death of tradition, and 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 you know, it I, I it's it's interesting because I think that. You, again like the the whole idea of like mining and the fact that the, the the intimation being that her her kind of late husband died from some kind of industrial disease 
at this mining plant. Um, I mean, I think I think it's cancer, but I, I guess that you know that would may be a product of working in a in 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 in, in such in such environments. Yeah. Um, that you know, again, it's a kind of subtle critique of these kind of boom towns that kind of easy come, easy go, and the the the, the human flotsam that kind of rush in and rush out as as as, as they come and go. Um, you know, be, her whole life of be, being di- dictated to by by the, the kind of growth of industry and jobs and where you know where where she can kind of settle down um but no yeah sorry to ask i'm rambling but to answer your question yeah i i i definitely didn't feel like yeah i I feel that the momentum of the film was it was more um more constant in this and and i think that the one thing i would 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 have loved is is, if 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 it would have ended a, a tiny bit further like a tiny bit Actually, I don't really want. To, let, maybe let's not talk about the ending. But, but I think my, the only gripe I had was basically like, and people could maybe like see this when they see the film. I wish it had ended one shot earlier. That's all I'll say. Oh. <laughs> so I, I get, yeah, we we could go at length about Nomadland. It is such a rich film to talk about. But I think we should put some scores on this just so we can put bring this conversation to a close. So David, I'll come to you first for your scores for this. Okay, I I I saw it just around the Venice time, and yeah, I I straight up loved it. Um, I I think my anticipation was maybe a little cooler. Uh, uh, Maybe it was a, it was probably like a four, but then maybe a four and a half because you know because Francis McDormand was in it, and you know, you got I I do love Francis McDormand. Uh, and then yeah probably like five fives i mean it like just was you know really affecting film hit 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 similar notes on a second viewing um i think some unlocked some of the richness and i and i i even think that like as 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 i mentioned before you know i think sometimes you know when you can kind of when you kind of dig into a film and it ha- it happened with three billboards as well which is obviously a, i think probably a a more hot button controversial film and that may be a film that I have, you know, my, my take has, 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 has differed on having seen it again, but maybe we can go into that. That's a, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, I will do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> we can, we, but, but it's interesting how, how, yeah, that the, these debates form around these, these Francis, big Francis McDormand Oscar vehicles. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily think this one is as, contentious as as three billboards but it's still very it's still very kind of important and a, a, a really fascinating top topic so um so yeah that's me what were your scores oh five <laughs> four five five right layla um so i would say i sort of lff and it had a lot of positive buzz already by that point so i was probably at a four I'd been gaslit into thinking that three billboards was going to be good and I fully hated that so a slightly cautious four despite all of the really good buzz um and then when I was watching it I was just completely on board with this sort of like lyrical slow burn tragedy of it all in the atmosphere and like it was really nice for me to see kind of Francis McDormand being so kind of subtle and natural and we were um, discussing a completely different film earlier, but you know the difficulty of actually just performing by yourself, as she is for much of this film, and not kind of going into melodrama. I really loved it. Um, but then I did probably come back down to a four again, having read the book, because just certain aspects kind of sit a little uneasy with me. But I'm very happy for all of Chloe Zhao's success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get behind that sentiment too this was one of the only two films um i I saw in the last 12 months in the cinema so i saw this and bong joon ho's memories of murder nice so i I was up against some strong competition uh but but seeing nomadland almost the act of seeing it was more dazzling for me being in the cinema all masked up in october after six months away um more than the film and but then so then it was re-watching it recently that clarified my feelings on it and I, I do have this tension between all these competing parts that mean it's 
maybe something like a four in anticipation, maybe three enjoyment, four in retrospect. I really do enjoy wrestling with these aspects and it's been such fun talking with you two today about it. If I can if I'm allowed a parting shot, I don't like Ludovico Ionaudi's score. I think mm. especially after the previous two films where there wasn't much of an intrusive score, lots of diegetic music of, of the, the communities she was moving through. Ludovico Ionaudi, I'm quite a fan of this sort of recent piano-based neoclassical movement, the Max Richter's, Johann Johansson's, Oliver Arnold's of the world. However, Ludovico Ionaudi is just a little bit too close to the sort of pure moods, piano moods CD you'd get in a petrol station in 1993. <laughs> For me, for my taste, uh, anyway, and I, I'm probably going to lose some friends over that because I know that the score had some, some, some lovers out there. But listeners, that was Nomadland, one of the most talked about films of the year. And now that it's going out on Disney Plus, I'm sure it'll be talked about some more. Let us know what you think at the usual channels at LW Lies on Twitter, Truth and Movies at tcolondon.com via email or at the comments section at lwlies.com slash podcast. David, should we shout out the Chloe Zhao Nomadland zine that the White Lies have put out? Yes, we can, We absolutely can do that. Um, yeah, we, we in January this year, we just uh, we made a little... Uh, we, 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 we were fans of Nomadland, and just because it, it was kind of moving around the schedule so much, we didn't really get a chance to kind of give it its dues in the in the print magazine so we ended up making a little zine version of it which you can if anyone wants to see we can uh you can you can maybe follow us follow us on twitter and or send us a send us a dm and we can uh we can see if we've got any spare copies knocking us knocking around um one, one way you can get get hold of a copy is is uh by joining our our exclusive membership scheme which you can get through on our website and you'll be sent a sent a zine through through with that. So, you know, there's there there are ways, uh, but it's a lovely. You know, I think um, Lay, Layla's seen it and can, and can attest. I have to seen it, lovely. and I was not asked to contribute to it, but that's fine. <laughs> I will say that like the illustration for it is absolutely wonderful, and it is it's got pride of place in my living room at the moment. My so my son weirdly is completely fascinated by it. Yeah, it's wonderful. Hmm. Terrific. So so that's the Little White Lies Nomadland tie-in zine. Check it out if you'd like to. So that pretty much wraps up our Zhao Pod special. David, Layla, it's been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thank you for bringing your insights and wisdom to our chat. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm Michael Leader, and we'll be back with another episode of Truth and Movies very soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.